Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good morning, good evening, and good night, wherever you may be. Uh, it's time again. I'm Chris Dickerson, Disabled List Hall of Famer, accompanied by my longtime teammate, dear friend, Mr. Paul Yanish, a man as deep as the ocean. He loves all things Tex-Mex, country, and crossword. And we have our first guest on the show, Mr. Sam LeCure. And Sammy, it is so good to see you, buddy. It's good to see you guys, man. It's been, uh, you know, we're catching up before we hit the record, but it's been too long. I so you feel like we're always around each other. Dickie, me and you out in, uh, out in South Bay and Paul, you know, I get down to Texas every once in a while, but uh, it's good to see your faces. Absolutely. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I think uh, the background of the show is there are Paul's and our relationship coming up through the system. And Sammy boy was right there with us. Uh, 2004 draft pick, Sam. Five. You guys were in the yeah. same same class, two thousand five, and uh, yeah, we have uh, we have numerous spring training uh, roommate roommate uh, spring training uh, living situations together between the three of us, and uh, here we all we're all old men. Sammy, you got a crazy beard going. Thank Paul's you. coaching, and now we're on the podcast. And yeah, so do I. I. Just shaved, and I still look a little bit crazy. And I don't know how I managed to do it for two years in in New York. Just fresh. I hate the look, but you know it's time for a little reset because the gray patches are coming in, and I'm not quite I'm not quite sold on that look yet. Um, maybe like a Connor Connor Jackson had a nice salt and pepper where he looked very distinguished, mm-hmm. um, but I'm just not there. It just looks kind of hobo patchy. Executive Ash. Yeah, 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 yeah. Executive Ash. <laughs> Sam's Sam's always had a knack for pulling pulling things of that nature off. It's tough to make that guy look bad. Let's be realistic, Dickie. <laughs> oh, you guys, come on! You already got me on the show. You don't got to butter me up now. Let's go. Oh uh, well, look, Sam. We're we're being serious. We're looking forward to catching up. Obviously, like we, like you were mentioning, but we were just here to talk a little bit about the Reds, man. We you, sure. you've obviously been with the team the last few years. You're. Uh, you're a little closer to them than than we have been of late and we're looking to get back involved, but wanted to ask you a few things relative to the current team. You know, they got, let's start kind of with the pitching rotation. They got a few young guys in that rotation with uh, Ashcraft green and Lodolo. It looks like probably assuming health, they're going to have their, their, their spots filled and then how the back half of that rotation works out. We'll see, but help me out with kind of your thoughts and, and what you think seeing with, with what those guys have ahead of them. Well, so I, I just read this morning they picked Hunter Green for opening day. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think probably Nick Lodolo uh, is a guy who's a little bit further ahead of him uh, right now as far as polish. I mean, you can't really top Hunter's stuff, but uh, so they're going to go in some order, those three guys. I think they bring a little bit different thing to the table. And while they're all three going to be, you know, kind of mentioned in the same breath, I mean, they're kind of the building block for what's going to go on with Reds baseball for the next five or six years. Um so those are they're going to be at the forefront, but I think you got to separate them individually, as far as the things they bring to the table. They've all got great stuff, but they go about it a little bit differently. They think the game really well. Uh, I think is something that's good about them. They're all really mature for their age, and you know a lot of what's happening now is going to be you know taken back to teams that we were all on. You know that 2010 
11, 12, 13, that little run there because you had a lot of homegrown talent. You know, you had Leak and um, Cueto and Bailey kind of at the top. So I think of the three starters as those guys. And then you've got, you know, Brandon Phillips a la Jonathan India. You've got the catcher behind the plate. Maybe that was a little different mix, but, uh, you know, when you mix in some veterans around the way, that can really do some things. So guys all coming up at the same time like we had. So I think there's a lot of optimism uh, around this team. You've got like a Alexis Diaz, uh, you know, it was kind of like your role as Chapman. So I'm just kind of making these comparisons in my head. I mean, he came up and was dominant last year, uh, as is going to be again this year, and they filled out some of those bullpen pieces, you know, maybe throw in you got a Sean Marshall, you got a whatever it is. So uh, I'm drawing a lot of comparisons between the two teams, which I like to see. And Sam, for being coming up through the system, how exciting is that for you to to watch right now, knowing that they're that they're doing a rebuild, but also with those rebuilding years, is committing yeah. to the players that they have in the system and the opportunity that these guys have to come up through the system to the big leagues together, very similar uh, to what to what we had because we we're really fortunate that 0405 yeah. group to come all the way up through the system and get to the big leagues within a year of each other. And I always thought that was the coolest yeah. thing. One of the toughest no things for me to, to leave when I got traded to Milwaukee is knowing that we spent eight years together and have to, to walk mm-hmm. away from those relationships. Cause I mean, we basically grew up together and I see that a lot, a lot of that type of same opportunity with this club this year, this year. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we know since we've all played together, I mean, you start <laughs> building friendships and I think that that's something that Joey's, doing a really good job of in camp this year you know he's kind of doing that team building they're doing the talent shows they're doing the the three-point shooting contest I mean we know from the time that we all spent together how important that can show up on the field it's just an instinctual thing Paulie I can look back at you at second base and know we're going to do a pickoff and we don't have to talk about it you know just kind of one of those things so you get the familiarity uh you know Dickie roaming the outfield with you know the more reps these guys get together you know where it's going to you know where they're going to be you know how much ground you got to cover and all all these different things. And there's a trust that's built there because I think they've done a really, they kind of swung and missed, you know, after that rebuild they did around, you know, 14, 15, 16, where they were trading Cueto and Chapman and Bruce and Frazier and all that. They, they swung and missed on the talent they got back and that set the organization back a long way. And that's just the fact of the matter. The talent they've brought in this time, I had some chance to see them uh, out in Vegas a couple weeks ago. This Encarnacion strand dude is just matching the ball and they're kind of getting back to the brand of baseball that that fits Cincinnati, which I think is kind of that blue collar, gritty, move the ball. Everybody does your part. You're going to have to mix in a superstar here and there or a frontline starting pitcher for sure. Uh, we all know you have to have the talent to do it, but I think that they've got good pieces that fit the mold of what David Bell wants to do and, and building the relationships off the field is only going to help that for sure. Yeah, and kind of piggybacking off that, Sam, you know, when you talk about mixing in some some pertinent veterans, you know, the, it, it seems like they were pretty intentional with the Casale, the Maley, you know, the guys yeah. behind the plate, they're going to deal with the young pitchers that we talked about that are going to help out Tyler Stevenson, you know, th- those kinds of things, guys that have been on teams in locker rooms that have had winning seasons, that's a big deal, right? The the, the Kevin Newman guy that's in, in, yeah. in all likelihood going to be in the middle of the field or in some way, shape or form kind of help usher in some of these younger guys that are talented, even if they have a year or two in the big leagues, they they're, they're still getting their feet on the ground. And sure. it, it seems to me like management was pretty intentional. You know, Will Myers is another name that is a big, he, he's been around the game. He knows what it looks like. Right. So yeah. help me out on your thoughts there. They're, you know, trying to be intentional with how they foster some of this young talent. 
Right. Well, I think the catch, I mean, the catcher thing is, is a great point just because those guys, like I said, they're kind of the building blocks. So they bring in guys, you know, who understand how to work a pitching staff and they're going to teach those pitchers so much uh, just by how they're calling the game and helping them understand their stuff and also be able to help Tyler understand what those guys bring to the table. Uh, the Kevin Newman's, I mean, you have to have, because they, all those trades they made last year, they brought in a ton of shortstops. So they're really heavy at the shortstop position to be able to move some of those guys around and having a Kevin Newman. Will Myers, I thought uh, you brought him up kind of specifically, and I think for a reason. He played in the playoffs, had a nice run in San Diego last year. Uh, he's been, you know, rookie of the year. He's gone 20-20, close to 30-30, had some really good seasons, been able to move around. I think they're tailoring the roster to the park a little bit better now. Uh, you know, Will Myers shoots the ball out to right field. He's going to be able to spell Joey at first base. So they're, they've created a little bit of revolving door to where they can interchange some guys but keep everybody healthy because that was – I mean, that was the kicker last year. It was MLB record number of players and days spent on the disabled list. I, I really don't care what your payroll is. You're not going to be able to win if you don't have your guys going. Uh, and all the way up and down the lineup. I mean, from their younger players to Joey to, you know, everybody. There were two players on their roster last year who spent every single day active. I mean, that's insane. I mean, that's, that's just insane. You're not going to be able to win with that. So uh, being intentional and bringing guys who have a track record of staying on the field, uh, being able to do some some different things and, and being able to, you know, like you said, foster in this next generation uh, of guys who are going to be wearing the Reds uniform for a long time, I think was important. And, they're reading the analytics, but I think they're starting to read the in between the lines a little bit as far as being able to extract more value out of guys than what they've gotten in the past. Yeah, that's big time. And and you mentioned you mentioned David earlier, David Bell, who I, I mean I know I played for, I know him well, I still talk to him. Sure. And Freddie Benavides is on that staff who I'm still tight with. Um Help me out if if you feel like it's relevant too, because we all know David is a hard nosed guy. We know he's yeah. a baseball guy, baseball family, grew up with the game, the whole deal, right? Um, and, and when you talk about Reds baseball, you, and I'm not talking about the last ten years, I'm talking about the last thirty, forty <laughs> years. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he 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 in a lot of ways I think can represent that. So help me out with you know your opinion there and and just how his I guess mentality might come through with some of the younger players. Well, so I think that that's – I mean, that's a, that's been a curiosity to me uh, too, Paulie, is just a big turnover in some of the coaching staff. You know, they they kind of commit to a guy, you know, and that we really, we like his philosophy, you know, whoever it is, pitching coach, hitting – it's been a lot of hitting coach stuff. You know, it started, I think, with Turner Ward when he came over from L.A., uh, you know, and then kind of COVID hit, so you didn't really get a good read on what was going on. But, there, but there's been a lot of turnover, and I think that you see it with – the core group of the players. I mean, you want these guys to spend a lot of time with each other. They're going to grow together. I think that's true of the coaching staff too. So I think it's, while it's great to have David as a constant, I think it's going to be important to have some of those other positions have, you know, the pitching coach, assistant, whatever outfield game planning, you know, all the different coaches <laughs> they have now, I mean, whatever that is. Uh, quality what, control. What, what, coach, yeah, Sam. Quality <laughs> control manager. You got, yeah, you got more co baseball, baseball coaching staff. <laughs> yeah. Baseball coaching staffs are starting to look like football, football coaching staff. You got three, three yeah. up in the tower. You got seven on the field. Yeah. You got everybody calling plays. And I feel like pretty soon now that we just dropped this uh we got the pitch clock going we're gonna be calling outfield plays with like the signs yep with like the yep. signs we're gonna be switching off and we're gonna be calling in for sure 
eyeball, eyeball <laughs> yeah. right, left 42 sprinkles. Yeah. The old uh, yeah. It's wild. It's wild. And to Sam, because you know what, when I, I knew it started getting a little bit, a little bit crazy is Chris Jimenez, um, you know, former player and, and buddy of ours. And when, yep. you know, his first, his first job was basically like a strategy coach. And we talked about this and like, what's, you know, what's happening? What, what exactly is that? And they're like, well, it's a game plan. And it's like, well, when do you, when do you have a set game plan early on? I mean, it's baseball. It's not like you're going to run the ball down their throat. We're going to, you know, post up, post up down low and beat them up on the inside. It's like, this is what we're doing where wherever, you know, chips fall where they may. Um, But with that, with the extended, with this extended coaching staff in positions, that is a perfect comment as far as is finding the continuity in the coaching staff, because if you have guys that are rolling over every dip, every year and who aren't be- becoming familiar with the swings or where they are in right. their progression to the, from one year to the next, where guys are at with their delivery, with their pitches, with their mix, and just polishing some of the, you know, some of the weaker spots like that becomes really difficult. And me, <clears throat> I knew that was difficult for me. I bounced around a lot and having different hitting coaches, and going into some of the you more established times, you have to start from absolute scratch. They have to start from scratch with you. You have to start right. from scratch with them. So going to Milwaukee, it was like they had one thing. They had Prince Ricky and Prince Ricky and, you know, these guys where it was a completely different philosophy that I had never that I, I never I didn't understand. And I had to start from scratch, like doing trying to adopt this philosophy and do these drills. And, right. you know, we've seen that in the past where. It's been really fortunate, and you know, all the three of us, we we know guys that we've come up through the system who were just absolutely dominant. And the difference between going to a new organization and being under, um, you know, under new guidance can be really difficult uh, for yeah. people to adjust to. And you know, having um, you know, having having Kevin Long for two seasons, but also having spending time in Arizona, having that repetition year after year after year. That's what you need from a hitting coach is a right. guy who's going to show up in spring training, know exactly where you are, where you're at and where you need to be straight out of the gate. Um, and that, that's what it takes. So I think that's a really important part is, is finding that staff and keeping those pieces together. Right. Yeah. Understanding, you know, Dickie, are you guys offensive players, you get in, what, what drills do you, you know, where do you like to take your flips? What time of day, you know, being available for these guys and having, you know, kind of the coaches that, that, you know, second, second nature of where do I need to be for which guy at what time and what are they going to want to do? So he's prepared to do it as a pitching coach, you know, name the turnover we had on our coaching staff when we were, when we were there, you know, I hate to, I'm not always trying to bring it back to us, but I, I hope that there's a lot of similarities with this club to the clubs that we had. We had no turnover. I mean, it was, it was always the same dude. It was, it was dusty. It was BP. It was, uh, you know, Chris fire, Mark, you know, Billy Hatch, the same group was there all the time. So every year we came in and we had a really good feeling of what was going on. And that's just as important as far as relationships go, player to coach as player to player, you know, and all those things. Yeah, and these sure. guys, since it's such a young, since it's such a young group, they're coming in, they're trying to figure out the big leagues. They're, they're rookies as it is. They're trying to figure out how to, to graduate to the next level. Where do I put my stuff when we travel? How much do I tip the club? You know, all these different things that we had to learn. And then you add on top of that, maybe learning a new position. They want these guys to be versatile, but, you know, you don't really, I don't feel like you get a good look at a guy unless, you know, you put him out there at the position he's comfortable with, which he knows what glove to bring to the field every day. You guys can speak better to that, but to try to figure out how to be, get to the big leagues and then have a new coach every year and have a new baseline for, 
you know, what the hitting philosophy is, what the pitching philosophy is, where are you going? I think it just makes it extra. It's already hard enough. Uh, and I think right. that makes it extra tough. So as long as they can, you know, having David, you know, we kind of started this with David at the top, that philosophy has been similar, uh, but just kind of the nuanced stuff uh, on the daily work schedule. I think it's nice to have those same guys in there and, you know, Freddie been the B as we all love. Uh, so it's nice to have them in there as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's that trust factor that ultimately, I mean, that's everything sure. in baseball. You have to have guys that that are that have not only just have your back, but can that you have that trust into where they say something. Um, yep. You know, where wherever you're at, if you know you can sit down after the game and and have an honest opinion uh, back and forth, and you know receive that type of uh, you know criticism and, and help, and then you know get together and then work work towards uh, work towards a solution. So if you go out and walk four people in six innings, it's like you know you got to be able to trust that he knows exactly where you're at, and on the hitting side. If you're, you know, if you're popping up and sending weak fly balls, you're not seeing your legs. You have to know that that next day it was like, hey, let's get out, let's do early work. You know, come, come meet me here three o'clock. Let's do the do this drill, and you know that that's that drill that's going to get you that get you locked in. And I saw that a lot, and that was a that was a great thing about seeing seeing that in New York is Kevin Long is having these crazy drills and just having that trust. Be like, hey. Hey, we're gonna go do the close, you know, the close fence drill uh, tomorrow. Meet me out on the field, and it's like, all right, you just be like, okay, cool. Yep. There's no, there's no hesitation where it's like, well, that's not what we did last year. You know, we had so and so as a hitting coach, and when I was in this position, this is a drill we like to do. It's like you don't need that that friction. It's like, all right, let's go. Right on. Right on, brother. I think that I think that bleeds into the you know the the peer review you know as well, you know with your with your players the co the coaching staff yeah you you're going to put trust in what they say but now that these guys are going to come up and spend some time in the minor leagues together they get there and it's kind of like your catch partner you know Polly a middle infielder Dicky whoever you were working with in the outfield like you kind of have a guy out there that you're running things back and forth off of uh, that catch partner for me knows how I'm spinning the ball a little bit better mm -hmm. and like, Hey, you know, you get out a little bit out front, you know, Paula, you got your middle infield. You're like, Hey, your, your feed's a little low or, you know, from something up from an offensive standpoint. So the, so the more that they can develop those relationship and have the trust factor among the group. So even if the coaching staff does start to flip over a little bit, they've got their guy uh, that they can go to. That's yeah. going to give them that honest opinion uh, and keep them in line and then make sure they're going about it the right way. Yeah, and I think that's an accountability deal too. I mean, we all know this, right? Yeah, sure. whether it's pitch, pitching or hitting, like you got to be your own coach. If you're if you're a good player in the minor leagues, you're going to go from A ball to double A to triple A. You're going to have a different guy. You go from triple A to the big leagues, you got a different guy. So, like, right. I think we're there's a lot of relevance to what we're talking about. That being said, there's two things that it brings to the equation: is like some synergy from a player development standpoint at the minor league level, transitioning into the big league level. But then also, I mean, a lot of the honus falls on the players, right? Like there's nobody's got more vested interest in anybody other than it's, yourself. It's like your it's career. Got never heard that. Never heard that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if, if you don't like it, play better, you know, right I mean, on. so anyway, all of those things are relevant, but I think a lot of it too is, is, is creating a, a, the accountability, Sam, like you're referencing with a, with a catch partner or whatever the case is amongst the guys to, 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 to want to get good as a unit too. But um, hey, the, the next thing I was going to ask you, Sam, kind of more of a macro view. Okay. So like okay. The, the division in gen, division in general, okay. Competitive division. There's a couple pretty good teams, a couple teams that are trying to get good, the whole deal. So help me out from your perspective, the hierarchy a little bit and, and, and where, where we fall there in Cincinnati and where, what the future might hold. 
Well, I, th- I mean, I think it's going to be, you know, pretty interesting. I mean, you're going to start at the top with, uh, with the Cardinals, you know, and they're, they're great offense. They've got Goldie and, and Arenado. I think that they're short an ace starting pitcher as far as being able to, to advance to the postseason. I think they'll win the division. Uh, but then you go over to the Brewers and they've got, you know, they're kind of three-headed monster at the top of their rotation. So I like them a lot too. So I think it'll be be interesting to see how that works out. The the Brewers brought back Jesse Winker, former Red, um, brought him in. Maybe he has a rebound year. There was a couple guys over there who maybe underperformed. So uh, those two I think are going to be jockeying for the top spot. I think people have lost sight of the Cubs a little bit, uh, even though they did, you know, get Dansby Swanson and Cody Bellinger this offseason. Uh, both pretty dynamic players. Their second half last year was was pretty outstanding. Uh, and I even had to start paying attention a little bit. They brought some young guys who could throw up. Uh, they've got a kid over there named Nico Horner, who I really like. Uh, what's it do? Phil Schwindel was was bopping. Patrick Wisdom all of a sudden turns into, you know, a pretty big-time power threat. And then they go get Belly and, uh, and Dansby Swanson to kind of round the deal out. Now they lost Wilson, Wilson Contreras. Mm-hmm. Um but they'll get a couple guys back. I think that they were, I think they might surprise some people this year. I'm hoping the Reds can do that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist. Um, so I look at what I think that they're capable of, uh, you know, and there's, there's a lot of potential for about five or six sophomore slumps on this group. And that's just the way that it is. They're all going into their second year, the books out. Uh, so even kind of Jonathan India and Tyler Stevenson, they lost a lot of time last year. So they still haven't had time to necessarily adjust to how the league has adjusted to them. Uh, I think that this Reds team, if everybody, number one, stays healthy, that was the big thing for them last year. Um, I think if they stay healthy and their guys go out and just do what they're capable of, take a little bit of a step forward, I think they're going to be a lot better than what people may be giving them credit for right now. Um, and Pittsburgh, I mean, it, it seems to be kind of – St. Louis, Milwaukee, I think Chicago and the Reds might be right there in the middle, but then Pittsburgh had some young arms that came up last year that I thought were pretty impressive too. A guy named Ronzi Contreras, I think Key Brian Hayes, uh, if he can stay on the field, has a chance to be a really, really good player in this game. I love watching him pick it. He hits the ball pretty darn hard, uh, needs to get in the air a little bit supposedly. I don't know anything about that. Um, <laughs> I try to keep I try to keep it on the ground, but uh, so that's kind of how I see it shaking out. Like you know, two one two, but there's a blend there. I think the Cubs are ahead as far in the rebuild as far as uh, the Reds and uh, Pirates because they got money to spend. I mean, and and that's kind of what it is. I mean, they're going to be able to accelerate their process because they can go out there and dump some money in the free agent market. What these other two teams really can't. They've got to be really dialed in on the guys that they extend. You know, the Reds and Pirates. Um, and they both have several guys that they need to be looking into that with. The, the, the Pirates did it with Cabrian Hayes. But um, that's kind of how, how I see it shaking out. Can St. Louis's offense offset their lack of maybe front? I mean, Jack Flaherty might be the biggest X factor in this whole division. Yeah, uh, he's coming back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, he, I mean, I think, you know, I, obviously I grew up in Missouri. Well, not obviously to you guys, but I, I did. And so I always kind of follow the Cardinals and still do. Um but yeah, he's. I think he's a huge X factor in this. Who's going to shake out in this division because he could be the ace that the Cardinals did not get in the offseason. and I think they're banking on that. Uh, but the, but then again, those Brewers and their top three of Woodruff, Burns, and uh, 
Freddie Peralta. They've got an Ashby kid over there who's left-handed. He's got pretty nasty stuff. Yep, uh, Dickie, you probably yeah, yeah. So I saw him. I saw car- him throw in. Yeah, I saw him throw against the Reds uh, last year in Milwaukee. Hammer. He went. He went seven shutty, and it was. <laughs> yeah. It was. Yeah. It was impressive. It was impressive, and they you know, and then you know, they're getting an upgrade. One of the Contreras brothers is is in Milwaukee now, right? That's right. That's right. So they're getting a big up. They're getting a big upgrade upgrade at at catcher as well. So you know they've definitely put some pieces together. And like you said, like Dusty used to say, you know, hey man, best best ability is availability. Availability. (laughs) Availability. That's right. right. You can't do anything if you're not on the field. (laughs) Can't make the club Uh, in the tub, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So that's I mean that's how that's how I've seen it shake out. But I mean I think for the most part, you know to bring back to the Reds a little bit and, and their front office and talking to some of the people there, they're, I mean, they're really locked in on 24, you know, next year is the year they feel like it needs to kind of happen. Um, but you still want to see them take a step forward this year. And and you can't be sure, just like I said, some of the sophomore slump stuff, can Joey come back and, you know, kind of, I mean, it was just 2021, man. He he had he had 36 or something home runs. I mean, he was the guy in the second half. I mean, if you had a second half MVP, he was it, and he was having a good time doing it. And even last year with the with the shoulder issue, he was still whipping the bat through the zone like a pretty young man. I mean, I'm not going to bet against Joey, that's for sure. Um, so if he can come back and 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 be the guy that he expects himself to be, I'll say that uh, because he's going to put the proper expectations in place. If he can come and do that, that's going to be a boon health for, for India, him and Stevenson have kind of become, you know, the next layer of leadership in that group. And I think they both do it in a proper way. Tyler's pretty reserved, fiery player reserved. Jonathan's an outwardly fiery player, uh, but has kind of a soft tone to him. So if you're a certain level of guy who you need a smack in the back of the head, you go over to one place. If you need a pat on the butt, you go to another place. So they've got a couple of different guys who can do that over there. Uh, you know, and David, I, I think David does a good job. I think he's, I think the clubhouse likes him. And I think that's why he continues to be there amid some of the struggles uh, because I think David has that too. He can be the most reserved guy on his post game interviews, which kind of pisses me off because I know David better than that. And then you see him, <laughs> and then you see him light a fire, and he is out there so far up an umpire's butt that you can't believe it. You know, just sitting there like so. poking him, poking <laughs> him with a stick. Hey, David, do something. Come on, do yeah. something. Come on, David, hey, do something. Don't, you know don't sleep on those brawls though. When the, when those benches clear, he the somebody <laughs> he's is there. That's that switch flips and it's tough to turn it off, but <laughs> no doubt about it, no doubt about it. Uh, so I think they've got a good mix. So that's why I like. I think kind of the the compilation of everything is. I feel like they've got a good mix uh, as far as you know some of the personalities. They seem to to get along really well. I like some of the different sk- skill sets. They're going to run more for sure. Uh, they've been they've been running like crazy in spring training. They've used the middle of the field really well. Lots of line drives up the middle. Some actual two strike approach versus just trying to swing from your heels uh, and go yard. But they've got some guys who can hit the ball in the ballpark too. So in Vegas, the top five guys in the order. I think this is something I noticed. I guess guys that they're starting to identify now from an offensive standpoint. It seems like very much control the strike zone like have a really good idea of handling the strike zone. And though they may not be your, you know, your boppers all the time, they've got doubles power and they're going to take their walks and they're going to be on base. They're going first to third. They've got some athleticism. So I think that'll be, uh, I think it'll be a fun part of Reds baseball. If they can put it together like that, 
like I saw them out there. It was fun to watch. They took their walks. They took their hacks. Uh, they ran the base as well. They did some little things pretty well. Um, I think it could be a fun year. And Sam, when talk about running, we had this con- conversation last last week, Paul and I, with the uh, rule changes and kind of predict the changes in the running game. Have you seen that be a factor? Yeah. Are these guys just running with the green light, or is this something that they're engaging with the with these two uh, disengagements and then just timing it up on that clock, being like, yeah. "I'm going to use this to my advantage and, and start and start going." I think that's you're going to see a ton of that. So I, I think it's more of that just figuring out how to manipulate that a little bit, maybe get a bigger lead early, get them to throw over, you know, as your freebie. And then from the same aspect, the hitter, you know, once you get engaged in the box, as the clock starts to run down, you know you can start to anticipate when you need to load. You know, and what a great thing that is for you guys. How, as a pitcher, can you now disrupt timing, so to speak? You can't hold the ball on the mound with the guy on first base, and that's the best way to stop the running game. It's not by picking over. It's by holding the ball. You can't do it. You know, so there's going to be ways as guys figure out how to manipulate this deal. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw Max uh, Scherzer the other day when he stepped, you know, made the guy guy call timeout, got right back on the mound. As soon as he stepped foot in the box, it was boom, fastball, by it. So (laughs) if you're paying attention – yeah, ambushed him from the mound. You know, you don't get to see that too much. Uh, so I think there's going to be different ways to manipulate that. And I think it's going to be a fun little chess game. Yep. Uh, I would love, I would, I personally, I personally yeah. would have absolutely loved that. I mean, you know, you guys remember, you know, being lead off and uh, you know, having a, having a run and, and playing that chess game and looking for all these different nuances in, in pitchers delivery. And now you get the opportunity to have a clock to where it's yeah. another tool to anticipate and you get these freebies where you can basically bait these guys off, knowing that you can get back uh, early. And then when it comes down to it, knowing that he might have been caught back a little bit in his uh, in his right. his setup, and he's gonna have he's gonna have to go to the plate. And you're looking for that right. back that back cleat to to pop up, and you're off to the races. So yeah, I would be I would be fired up for for this time. Um, you know, again, you know, I was born a g- generation too early, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because, yeah, it's, it sounds exciting. And like you said, the guy you got the guys to do it. And so hopefully, you know, Hatch has those guys ready and they're able to, you know, to really take advantage of this and, and get into the, the knowledge and the little nuances around uh, around base stealing. Because I think that's going to be a huge, huge deal. And when guys are running, it's going to open up the field more. Now oh, that yeah. we've eliminated the shift, no shift. Yep. you're going to have you're going to have those holes opening up uh, everywhere. So it's, it's going to be really Great to see. I, enjoy, I enjoyed watching it, and it's certainly more the brand of ball that, that we kind of played. I mean, you know, you have the guys kind of where they're supposed to be. Paulie, you're one of the best at positioning. Dickie, you, I mean, roamed the outfield like crazy. Uh, but it looks more like the game. You know, I, the, the pace of it's good. You get the ball back. Everybody's on their toes. There's not a whole lot of dirt kicking out there. You know, you don't have – and I think the, the pitch clock is on both the pitcher and the hitter. And I hope you guys agree with that. I mean, a lot of times, yeah, the pitcher's walking around and taking a deep breath and, you know, trying to get his bearings and the, the hitter stepping out and doing his gloves and trying to figure out his plan and what's coming next. So I think it's on everybody. Um, and I think they're being punished a little bit. I mean, 15 seconds pretty quick. I mean, Wade, My- Wade Miley is one of the fastest in baseball, and he yes. was right, right on that. And I'm like, you're going to have guys go all the way just to the front of the line. I mean, that's kind of tough. I would have liked to see it a little bit more lax and that got give maybe pitchers a little bit more of an – not advantage, but I think it would even the playing field a little bit because now they're going to be under the gun because the hitters can time them, the runners can time them, 
uh, and there's not as much play there for the pitcher. So I think the offensive part yeah. of the game is is, is going to go way up this year. But it'll be exciting to watch guys get to run around and make those plays and you know steal bags and do all those different kind of things. I think uh, as tradi- traditional as I think I am, I think this these rule changes move the game back to more traditional, uh, and it'll be fun to watch. Awesome. And Sam, I've been curious too, and um, just your transition and something we'll, we'll discuss, you know, with a number of guests that have got out, gotten out of baseball and made a transition into something else, your transition into, into your position now and getting on bro- in, you know, into broadcast, is that something that you ever thought that you would do? No, not really. Uh, not really. And I, and I was kind of thinking about this earlier, wondering where this conversation might go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought about, you know, and I think about, you know, I thought about you two guys and, you know, Chris, you were, you had players for the planet going, sorry if I'm butchering the name now. No, you got it. Good job. Yeah, there it is. Yep. Yep. So, you, I mean, you've been active with that and you were active before your playing days were over. So you knew kind of what you were going into. Polly, you know, you had your family growing and I feel like you had a pretty good idea of when baseball was over for you, you're going to be taking care of your family. I was, you know, kind of squirrely uh, and I didn't really know so uh, the <laughs> wild card <laughs> <laughs> oh man Sam Sam is Sam is my uh Sam has always been my Charlie from always sunny in Philadelphia he's definitely oh, always been always been the wild card <laughs> <laughs> yeah a little bit a little bit so uh so I wasn't so sure and um you know Major League Baseball has kind of a transition program you know, for the players that I went through, you take like kind of a Myers-Briggs psychology test and it starts to give you ideas of, of where you might fit in. Uh, number one on that list for me was a fireman. Uh, and somewhere in the top top three or four was was entertainment or, or whatever the case may be. And Shocker. So I, I, called the, I called the Reds <laughs> and asked if they had any kind of availability and could I jump in? And they're like, oh, no, we really don't. Uh, so I had gone through all the, the paperwork and everything. I was enrolled to, to go to firefighter school um, and in about two weeks. And then they called me back and said, hey, we've got some opportunity uh, if you want to take it. And I was like, man, I could probably always go back to school and, and do the fireman thing. I'll never be as relevant in the game as I am now. You know, in five years, somebody's going to be like, Sam, huh? They probably already are. But uh, outside of Cincinnati. But so I felt like it was an opportunity for me to get in there. Uh, as I started to do it, I realized – how much I would have missed not being around the game and how much I would, you know, miss not getting down and get my, get a little dirt in my cleats every once in a while. So uh, it's been, it's been really fun. Obviously there's been some struggles uh, that I've gone through in Cincinnati, but you know, you got to pay your dues. Uh, and to some degree, I feel like I've paid mine for the past few years. I've gotten better at this job. Uh, I've gotten more familiar with the players and now hopefully the payoff's going to be them playing some good baseball the next few years. Yeah, it's definitely it's a it's definitely a transition. Um, you know, when I started my doing MLB Network for the first couple of times, it's it's just being on camera, being solo, right. and then a lot of that has to do with who you're on with and in developing that that rapport with right. with who you're, you're co-hosting, and that in itself is a natural relationship that has to be developed. Not right. just how you interact with the person next to you, but how you're reading through highlights, how you're reading through the B-roll, how you're reading through. Right you know, where, when to chime in on, on, um, you know, with the, with the play by play, it's a learning process. And, um, you know, I'm just glad you've been sticking around. And I remember the beginning where you're just kind of doing spot spots on, you know, post game and here you've become a regular. And I think this is just a exciting time for you to be a part of it. And it's, it's great getting in at the same time when this team is kind of transitioning as you're making your transition. And so hopefully building forward, um, you're going to grow, you know, you're, occupation with with the club and in this new role is going to grow as the the team grows as well 
I hope so. Hey man, I hope so. Sam, Sam, that's all great, dude. But the fireman thing, all that makes me think about is sitting around a fire pit with you, bud, and maybe having a logger of your choice. Okay, so the fireman <laughs> thing's still relevant. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's how. That's why I figured I'd be good at. It. I've, I got so much practice sitting around a fire pit. Maybe need to put something out. You know, maybe need to put a little damper on it. Okay, uh, so I, I figured I was. I had some uh, some early training. Uh, uh, that's big time, man. <clears throat> Sam, we got some uh we're gonna start a new segment because we don't want to get into this habit while we love talking baseball. You're the first guy and probably the most ideal guy to come up with some crazy ass answers to some of these questions. We're oh, gonna boy. start a five five random question uh segment here and we're gonna kick it off with you. So okay. we're gonna I mean, is this is this is this random as in you don't you personally don't know what the questions are right now? I don't even know. I'm this is yeah, I'm coming, yeah, coming straight out of the hip. I don't even know what the questions are. I want the record to show these questions were not passed by my uh okay. preview prior and to this, that, so I'm I'm, and I'm that's excited right. as well. That's all right. <laughs> I'm I'm breaking out, I'm I'm going uh, I'm going rogue on this one, so Paul, you can save it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mr. Mr. Go ahead, Mr. Lecure. Mr. What is Paul? Paul and I see. Take a seat. Go ahead and mute. Go ahead and mute. What is? Go ahead. What is? What is the weirdest smell you've ever smelled? Oh, oh God! I know what you're trying to get out of me, and I'm not going to give it to you. I'm not going to give it the weirdest smell I've ever smelled. Uh, Vegemite. Oh, good answer. All right. How about that? I would have, I per, I would have said the, I would have said the bus after a 15 hour, 15 hour road trip. <laughs> okay. I thought you're, uh, I'm not going to say it. I'm not, you're not going to get me to do it. All right. Next question. I know what you both know who I'm, you both know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> what kind of secret society would you want to start? Jeez. Uh, That's boy, you're really going rogue here. Secret. We just, we just did we just tongue tie Sam? Maybe just that's maybe just a boys pretty, club. We got pretty tough to do. We got secret, we got secret secret society. Yeah, duck hunting, yeah, fires, yeah, yeah. surfing, well, I mean, boys boys club. There Texas you go. Club the Texas club. <laughs> and uh, what is the funniest joke you know? Uh-huh. Man, I mean, I can't be putting. I mean, you know, you know, I don't know anything clean. <laughs> exactly. That's the best. Oh yeah, we have. Yeah, I think. Careful, okay, careful we'll, we'll pass for. on that one. Yeah. That would be for. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to. For. We'll have to send that over to Adam Jones and the the foul territory over there with. Uh, yeah. With uh, with Todd with Todd Frazier. That that whole group. So that that and come back with you with uh, old with Bal- with Valley oh, Sports. I mean, you guys have been around me in the clubhouse long enough. When's the last time you heard me tell a clean joke? Horse walks into the bar. What's a bartender say? Yeah. Why the long yeah. face? Okay, next question. Oh, man. Uh, uh, what's the, what, is the, what is the most embarrassing thing you've worn? Oh, man, so it's not really embarrassing. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I don't get embarrassed by too much because like Paulie said, it's hard to make me look bad, but I will never forget my, before my first start in the big leagues. And this will tie into new hall of famer, Scott Rowland, you know how he does. So I was out shopping with somebody kind of the day before my, my debut. Okay. And uh, somebody had bought me like one of those things. It was, Kind of like a kind of like a beanie, but it would like bag up a little bit, almost like you'd see like a Rastafarian ish type mm-hmm. wear, you know, that would kind of bag up in the back and how you wore it. And Dick, I know you've worn one like it. 
No, 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 I'm I'm just thinking about what Scott was going to say. You know, as he walked by with his little smart-ass quips. (laughs) uh, I'm just standing, like, I just get there. I mean, it's 2.30, you know, I'm getting ready to rock and roll for the Major League debut, and Scott walks by and just like, hey, you just get called up? And I was like, yep. And he goes, nice drug helmet. <laughs> so I mean, I thought I never wore it again. I, I promise you, I never wore it again. I wanted to put it away. So not, I wasn't real embarrassed about it, but a good story anyway. That's awesome because I feel like we needed to shine. We, Paul and I couldn't. We we didn't have enough time just getting through Scott's career, and we didn't. We that's one of the dynamics that we wanted to get more into is, is <laughs> shit that used to come out of Scott's mouth. Sometimes was yeah, so so dry. But the delivery, oh, no. the delivery yeah, was everything hurt. with Scott. It would hurt. <laughs> he he typically nailed it. Okay, he, and, oh, and that's that's me. a good example. But he typically nailed it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Good old Congrats. And uh, what is the absolute worst name that you would that you can name your child? <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is Keith. Uh, I think it was a Family Guy episode. It's like <laughs> you were talking about the worst name. I think there's actually on there the worst name in the world, Keith. But sorry, sorry to all you Keiths out there. I don't know Keith a whole Stone. lot of Keiths actually. I don't know a whole lot of Keiths either. What about Keith Stone, Sam? You ever heard of Keith Stone? You ever heard of Doug Stone, Paul Yanish? <laughs> you better believe it you better believe it uh, as luck you would know, have it yeah as you know your texas country gold man you know some dog stone <laughs> oh man sam it's been fun bud Gosh, yeah dang, i appreciate gotta, you guys we got to get together more yeah we do we may we'll, we'll maybe have to do a uh a little uh segment every you know every couple months during the season do a little update on what's going on what i'm seeing around the ballpark maybe uh Polly when when your guys' season wraps up, uh, you guys can both come up to Cincinnati and we'll do one live and in color and uh, something like that. That'd be fun. Or, or or do this and get you guys on one of the pre- or post-game shows. That'd be great. Kind of Sam, we're, I'm, I'm planning on that with some uh, Paul and I discussed. Uh, we're actually okay. – there's a, there's a thread going around. Uh, the 2003 draft class is trying to put together a reunion in Cincinnati okay. All right. just after All-Star break. Uh, so, you know, that's definitely something I'll be looking to do. And, you know, hopefully we'll have, we'll have Mr. Joseph Daniel Votto on here a couple times throughout the season. So whether that be him going remote or me being out in Cincinnati, uh, yeah, we'd love to have you on, yeah, uh, and get, get the, get the, the insider and ask you some more ridiculous questions. Yeah. Hopefully maybe next there. time pass those by the uh, producer next time there, huh, bud? <laughs> right. And I'll, and I'll try to come up with a clean joke by then. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in again. Uh, don't be afraid to give us a like. If you're on the YouTube channel, drop some comments. Like Paul said last week, this is a people show. Go and drop your comments. What you'd like to see us discuss next. If you have any advice, suggestions, or corrections that need to be made, let us know. Go subscribe. Give us a rating. Five stars. You know what the deal is. Mr. Sam LeCure, we appreciate it, buddy. It was great to see you guys, man. If nothing else, it was just great to see y'all's faces. You look like you're doing well. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where the show goes and being on it another time or two, if you'll have me.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.